Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Dads on the Rocks podcast, and Happy New Year. I hope you're all waking up this morning without a hangover, and for you parents out there, I hope you made it to the ball drop. Uh, As for me, I was in bed before 10 p.m., as per usual. Uh, It's a new year, and I'm trying something a little different for the show. Um, A little less structured as before, and it's going to seem like two people sitting on the back patio having a drink and talking about life. And I like that idea. I think it's I, I think that's something that we as parents, we don't get uh, enough of anymore. It's it's hard to keep friends nowadays. I'll see how it goes. And if it doesn't work out, well, it's my damn show and I'll do whatever I want to. But anyway, uh, today's guest is a guy that I've known for nearly my entire life. Uh, one of two best friends that I've had from the ages from six to 12, I believe. And that was when he sadly moved away. Uh, we've kept in contact this entire time. And he is now a fellow dad. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Danny Mejia. Danny, say hi to everybody. Hey, everyone. How you doing? Um, as always, Danny, we begin with the toast. Uh, today, I am having a Funky Buddha uh, Void Shaker. It's a barrel-aged out with vanilla. It's very, very, very tasty. Um, Danny, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and also what you're having tonight? I am a 35-year-old Hispanic male, 5'9", a little over 200, so uh, no longer an athletic build. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but that, that sounded like a bolo. <laughs> like, as I was right back at work, like, be on the lookout, 5'9", Hispanic male, medium build. Oh, well, being down in South Florida, there's quite a few of them. Uh, so, uh, active duty, Air Force, um, been in a little over 12 years now. Uh, just just finished my glass, sadly, and my bottle of <laughs> Willett Family Estate Rye. Um, my favorite rye. It's a nice high test, 108.2 proof. So I'm getting ready to switch over to my my favorite, my go-to, Colonel E.H. Taylor Small Batch. Nice. 100, 100 proof. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still trying to like find my way in the whole uh, whiskey bourbon world. Um, I know what I like and I know what I don't. Um, if I don't like it, if I drink enough of it, I get used to it. And then I like it kind of like how it goes with a lot of the different, uh, whiskeys, bourbons, and alcohol in, in general for a lot of people. Oh uh, yeah, dude. I'm still trying to find my way, like in the whiskey world and, and the things that go into it. I'm trying to be to whiskey as I, as I once was with beer. So, cause I'm, I'm trying to like get away from the beer a little bit and going towards whiskey and actually even vodka a little bit here and there, but beers were, I, I, I really love because they do a lot of different things with uh, flavors and different stuff that they do. I'm just trying to branch out a little bit because I kind of feel like beer is on the, uh, on its way out, essentially all, all the craft stuff. It's, it's not cost effective to make it anymore. And I feel like it's going to phase out pretty soon. I got to disagree with you on that one completely. Um, Oh, for sure. But I have to ask with that barrel aged stout, what's the test on that one? Cause I've, I've had some that are extremely high test, uh, but I'm, and I'm curious with that. I, I absolutely love barrel aged stouts. That's, that's my favorite beer. So I'm jealous. I'm going to have to look at it on top because it doesn't surprisingly, it doesn't say it on the bottle. Oh, oh no, it, it does it right here in 11%. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, just side note real quick. I was in, um, uh, Asheville with a, a couple of my best friends and we went to um, oh I'm gonna forget the name of the brewery now but uh, we went to a brewery and it's like a metal brewery I, I don't know if you've ever seen those I've been to True Brewing out in uh, uh, Denver which was really cool mm-hmm. and this one now I'm again I'm not gonna remember the name of the, of the brewery unfortunately but they had um, probably one of the best stouts that I've ever had and I'll, I'll send it to you after. And if anybody's interested, I'll, I'll send it to you after too. But, um, it was like a 14 and a half percent. And it's not beer. That's malt liquor. Oh, but dude, it was so (laughs) good. It was so good that I had two, and I do not remember drinking them now (laughs) because it was, it was high octane and it was, it was very, very good stuff to the point where I'm like, man, I would love to go back and get another one of these. And, and I screenshotted oh, yeah. what, what it was from the menu. So I would remember because at that point I was not going to remember with that high octane. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. Um, that's definitely not going to happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> but so to uh, kind of on, on the point of the, the brewing, the craft brewing not going away, 
Dude, I'm I'm in the St. Louis area, Anheuser Busch free tours right across the river. You know, oh, nice. twenty minute drive from the house. But there are more craft breweries here um, with some of the most amazing beers I have ever had. Yeah, uh, a, a local one. They did a Scotch ale aged in uh, rye barrels that. That was really good. I, I want to say that was an 11 or 12%. Mm-hmm. And then one of the guys I work with, uh, he he's a, a home brewer. He did a scotch ale aged in a whiskey barrel for six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude, that was the best beer I've ever had. Wow. We're, we're begging him to make another batch. <laughs> it, it, and he says it came in uh, similar to that one at 11%, but I, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I had an eight ounce glass and I couldn't feel my face. Oh, you had an, oh yeah. The OYA. After oh, you drink it, you're on your ass. <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. There's yeah. no getting up off the floor. <laughs> Maybe I should uh, tweak that a little bit with the way that things are going and everything being delayed and, and stuff like that. When it, when it comes to um, shipments and things like that and prices for things are, are getting more expensive it's harder to get these ingredients that go into like these really small batch craft brews and they're getting harder to make. So they're getting more expensive. So people are going to buy them less. Um, doesn't mean that they're any less good. Doesn't mean that there's people that don't appreciate them and they want to drink them because of course they do, but they're getting too expensive and it's, that's going to be a thing. But something that I found out from people in the industry, they've gone back to drinking the lighter stuff, the easy drinking stuff. And I heard a term actually when I was in Asheville, um, called table beer, which I had never heard of kind of like table wine, something that you can, something that's low alcohol that you can put on the table that you can kind of like almost like a Bud Light, something that's easy, but it's craft a little bit more profile to it, but it's lower alcohol, lighter. And it's what a lot of people in the industry are drinking. They want to go back to the, to the Pilsners and the Kolsch's and the pails. It's a big, big thing. And if you don't see it now, Mark my words, in the next year to year and a half, you're going to see it much more, I assure you. I, I think I've already seen it, but I, I wasn't sure if it was a craze or, or just something amongst those uh, in our age bracket. And that's the uh, kind of like the turn to IPAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, that's, that's one I don't understand. I'm, I'm not a big fan of the sharp hoppiness. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't do the IPAs, but. Pretty much everyone else I know in our age bracket, they're like, yeah, let, yeah, me, let like, me get that IPA. Yeah, like for me, example, like I love IPAs. Like the the more it destroys my palate, the better I like it. And and not in every sense. Like I like the different variations, whether it's West Coast, East Coast, or a hazy or not. It's it's a bunch of different variations that I I, I can get on board with. Everybody's got a different tongue, so everybody likes different oh, things. Oh, for sure. So for sure. I, I love cooking with IPAs. I think IPA, that is the best beer uh, to use when cooking any kind of poultry. Yeah, that that I would definitely go with. I like, um, oh, what have I cooked with before? I've I've done, um, do, have you ever done like a beer can chicken? I, I just did one with uh, Sierra Nevada. What, was it a, I have to imagine, was it a, an IPA? Yeah. Okay. They, they do again this is the third time i feel like i've brought it up but when we were in Asheville, we went to the sierra nevada campus if you're ever in Asheville, 100 percent go to the sierra nevada campus it is one of the hmm. most beautiful i hesitate to call it a brewery because it's not just a brewery it's got a magnificent backyard what they call the patio the back patio um we were there and it was super cold so it was like maybe 35 40 degrees they had the heaters on, everybody's in jackets. They had the fires going, which me as a Florida person. I you were like, frozen, I, man. I, was, I had four layers on. <laughs> I had my I had my mask on, not because I was told to, but because I needed it. <laughs> um, but no, they have an absolutely gorgeous campus. They have trails that you can go and hike. Uh, from what I'm told, we didn't get to do that. But from what I'm told, they have trails that you can go and hike. They have a beautiful, beautiful campus. And their, their beers are... I mean, they speak for themselves. So, oh, I, I was uh, lucky enough to win a Sierra Nevada sponsored homebrew kit, and it oh, was nice. uh, for an American IPA or an American pale ale. Sorry, 
yeah, an American pale ale. Okay. So I did it, you know, followed the instructions. I brewed it. Um, I didn't like it, but the wife, she thought it was delicious. Oh, good. Again, comes back to everybody's tongue is different. If you don't like yep. something, somebody else is going to love it. So something I did want to talk about, Danny, is um, your military service. You said that you're active Air Force. I know that you're currently working cyber intelligence, you said? Yep. Okay. When I was in college, I went to, I started going to college for journalism because I really like to write. I'm good at it, I guess. Um, but I found that, the, that there's no money in it. So I'm like, all right, well, I got to do something. If I want to have a family, I got to make money somehow. So I switched over finally at the behest of my, my dad to go into law enforcement. And that's, you know, where I'm at now. But when I started doing the law enforcement thing, I really took, actually the, the whole starting point was when I took a, an anti-terrorism class. Oh, I, fell yes. in, I fell in love with it. This was way after 9-11, but the, all the different groups, um, I, I fell in love with learning about um, the IRA and because of Irish, my heritage and everything. It's like, man, there's a whole part of my history that I didn't know. So, and it was, it was really brutal back then. Like I, I didn't know about this and I'm like, well, what else don't I know? So I've, I fell in love with the learning about terrorist groups and intelligence and the things that you need to know to prevent things like 9-11 and all that stuff happening. So I kind of wanted to go in, into intelligence when, when I was in college. It never happened. I stayed local. I'm happy with my decisions, but I always think of uh, what if. Like, So can you tell me what it's like working in intelligence? Yes, I can tell you from my perspective. Yeah. Um, I, certain things I do have to keep kind of light on. Uh, when I say light, I mean like uh, wave wave tops. Hit hit the wave tops, if you will. Gotcha. Uh, I, I I do hold a clearance. I do have a top secret uh, with caveats added to that. So contrary to popular belief, there is nothing higher than top secret. Um, it's just other programs that you may or may not be read into based on your need to know. Right. So what I like to tell people about joining the military is it's a lot like being a parent. Um, and it is nothing like getting married. Uh, <laughs> what I mean by that is you're never really ready. There's just a best time for it. Uh, I did not join right out of high school. I did. I was not ready at 18 years old. Uh, I joined at 23, mm -hmm. a little bit of college under my belt. I wouldn't say I was working a dead end job, but I was laid off and I, I had to do something um, if, if I wanted to keep the amazing woman that I'm married to. So now were you raised. were you together at that point when you joined the military? Uh, not not officially. We were broken up. We, yeah, we, we, she had broken up with me uh, uh -huh. before I joined. So I've been in a little over 12 years. Uh, September 9th is, is my, my, as we like to call it, Air Force birthday. Mm -hmm. So, and it's, it's different uh, being an intelligence analyst in the Air Force. Uh, it's a crapshoot with what you do based on where you are. So I've been, uh, first duty station was, Dias Air Force Base in the middle of Texas, supporting mm -hmm. the B-1 bomber. Uh, I did a deployment out of there, which some would say it's not a deployment. Uh, <laughs> Danny Mejia would agree with that, but the uh, <laughs> these are my views, not the views of the U.S. Air Force or the DOD. Fair enough. Um, they call it a deployment. No, we call it Camp Cupcake. Right. Yeah. There's two pools, a Dairy Queen, a Baskin Robbins, a Burger <laughs> King, two Pizza Huts, Taco Bell, Arby's. Yeah, the list goes on. Right. Uh, that was July of 13 to January of 14. Okay. And then from there, 2015, I did a permanent change of station uh, here, Scott Air Force Base in Illinois, which mm -hmm. is like 30 miles east of St. Louis, Missouri. And then in 2019, I did my overseas short tour, which is uh, one year away, unaccompanied. So I had to be away from my wife and kids for a total of 368 days. Good Lord. Uh, yeah, but it's, uh, it's, it's what we sign up for. You know, yeah. there's lots of benefits. One of the big benefits to that was 
you know, a year later, July 2020, I came right back. Uh, I, I did a, a base of preference move and I had my uh, return paperwork before I left. So I knew I was coming right back. We didn't have to uproot. We didn't have to move. Well, and I'll nice. be able to be here now for another two or three years. Well, that's good. You said it kind of the job kind of differs on where you're stationed at. Is there anywhere that you've been that you would like to go to get to go again or somewhere that you haven't been that you'd like to, to go? Keeping in mind that you have a family now. Um, and I and I think you mentioned that you have the, the two kids, two under 10, essentially. Yes. Yes. Two kids. Uh, Adriana, she is eight. Uh, we call her Addie. And Daniel, he is six. Uh, we call him Bug. <laughs> yeah. Strangely enough, uh, now that they're both in school full time, once the, oh, we'll call it the pandemic climate, that seems to be a safe PC terminology to use. That's appropriate. Uh, one, once the pandemic climate, uh, for lack of a better term, goes away and things do go back to complete normal. Mm-hmm. Strangely enough, I'd love to take the family to Qatar and do an accompanied uh, tour over there with them. Now, have you been there before? Uh, yeah. Yeah. When I deployed, that's where I went. Oh, like, okay. Which is kind of why it's difficult to call it a deployment. Um <laughs> If an E6 uh, technical sergeant in the Air Force can be a permanent party member over there, I don't see how that could be a deployment. It, and again, it's got, it's got a Dairy Queen and, and all the other places to eat, the Baskin Robbins, the Subway. You can go off base, pandemic notwithstanding. Yeah, it, It's amazing. It's an unbelievably safe country. The, the culture is spectacular and the food. Oh. We're not going to talk about how much weight I gained. Is, is there a place that, where you would not want to go at all? Again, uh, again, bringing your family. Nowhere that I have been would I not want them to be there, if, okay. if that makes sense. I mean, the, the, the last thing you want is to not be with your family for an extended amount of time. Or, Especially or when put them already, in any kind of danger if it's in like a, a not so great area. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Turkey is a great example. Mm-hmm. Um right now just not a good safe place to take your family with where the the air force base is right right Um, right. leaving out all the details that that's about all i can say right but you want to take your family to europe right now i I would not recommend it just because of the pandemic restrictions they have in place yeah Uh, same with asia really the best place to be uh with a family is the u.s thankfully wow and, and this, like you, this current point in time, yeah. caveat. Yeah. All right. So I want to move into the next little thing that I had um, that I wanted to talk about. Um, I know you're a bit of a fisherman. Oh, yeah. I, I want to say that you have a boat. Do you have a boat? Oh, no, 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 no. no? no. It, it, so being uh, yeah, thanks, Uncle Sam, uh, being <laughs> military, it's difficult uh, uh, to have a boat because, again, you never know where you're going to go and boats aren't cheap yeah that's gonna be another thing that you have to move or store or something like that yep uh would i like one oh i'd I'd love to have a boat but that's not until after i retire yeah you know uh hopefully the military will let me retire in eight years you know let me finish out my career Mm -hmm. Uh, as long as i can keep following the rules and passing my pt test i should be okay (laughs) uh Yes, the job is that easy. Follow the rules, pass your PT test. Um, another thing they like to say is shut up and color. <laughs> I've learned that lesson the hard way multiple times. Uh, oh boy. <laughs> but no, I, I don't have a boat. All, all my fishing is done from land these days. Do you go? Well, I imagine if you're based on where you are, you have to go uh, freshwater, right? Yeah, I'm stuck with the freshwater fish. <laughs> Do you miss, because you're inland now, you don't really get any saltwater fishing done. Do you miss that at all? Oh, for sure. Oh, like, 100%. Like going out on the I boat, mean, going out on the ocean. There is nothing better than saltwater fishing. Um, mind you, I, I love, strangely enough, hooking up to a carp and fighting it. Yeah. The problem is when you're freshwater fishing, you got a pretty good idea of what you're hooking into. Right. Whereas with, when you're saltwater fishing... Dude, you don't know if it's a massive snapper, a red snapper, 
a mutton snapper or a dolphin. Uh, for those of you who don't know, not flipper, the fish, also known as a mahi-mahi. <laughs> and I think, honestly, to me, ocean fish tastes better, 100%. Do you always, whenever you go fishing, do you always save your stuff to eat or do you just catch and release? Uh, I, Depending on I what have, it is. Yeah, it definitely depends on what it is. I, I, I have eaten largemouth bass once. Uh, I don't eat it anymore that that's just a game fish to me so catch and release same with carp catch mm. and release uh panfish so uh bluegill sunfish and crappie mm. yeah no those 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 get eaten oh man you mm, bread them up fry them in the pan <laughs> yeah you know it's homemade fun. tartar sauce and catfish oh catfish so good it's weird for me because number one i don't eat seafood aside from the occasional occasional uh sushi or when we get like chinese food like i like uh crab rangoons and it's only because it tastes mainly like cream cheese and i it doesn't taste like seafood to me it's more so like it's a mental thing of this lived in the ocean the ocean is gross you shouldn't be eating it it's completely mental for me and i i understand it but i still can't get past it I, I used to eat shrimp when I was younger. And then once that whole mental thing kicked in, I couldn't even go for coconut shrimp anymore, which sucks because coconut shrimp is delicious and I cannot yes. eat it anymore. Um, so whenever I go fishing, whenever I go and I don't get the chance to ever, but uh, whenever I do get to go, it's always catch and release, whether it's freshwater or saltwater. I just, it's, it's more about the fight and the fun. But for me, if I go out fishing and I catch nothing, I'm still having a better day than I would ever have at work. The worst Every time, the worst day of fishing is better than the best day at work is what, Always. is what somebody told me. So um, it's, and it's more about just like being able to sit the quiet in nature and that's it. That's, that's what it's about being a fisherman. Oh dude. Now we got to get you out hunting. Um, I will not hunt. I refuse not, not by any, because I don't like it or whatever. I've never been. I just, I just can't actually shoot something that I'm not going to eat because if I see it die, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to eat it. I don't like, I don't, I don't, I'm not judging or anything just by my own personal standards. I will never be able to pull the trigger or fire the arrow or anything. If I'm not going to utilize the animal. And if I see it die, I'm not going to eat it. It goes against everything from evolution. <laughs> and I, I 100% understand it, but I can only eat meat if I don't see it, essentially. That's actually the most, one of the most reasonable reasons I have heard someone say, I don't want to go hunting. Yeah. Um, that I, I can completely understand and, and, and respect. I, I get it. You don't want to see it die. You see it die. Uh, you see it's, it's life force leave its body um, and you caused it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that, that's an extremely difficult thing for a lot of people to get around. Yeah. But, uh, so I went up, uh, to the upper peninsula of Michigan, uh, for opening, opening gun season for, for, for hunting deer. I never got the chance to pull the trigger, Really, but well, nothing legal, uh, walked by me. Uh, so oh, there okay. were, there, I, I, I saw 10 deer. None of them were uh, large enough to, harvest so i was unfortunate and didn't get to fill my tags but yeah. from seven o'clock until right around five thirty every day i was out in the woods by myself complete silence just you can think about whatever you want do it. It, it it's extremely centering yeah and that that's what i like about um i again i've never been hunting but hunting and fishing it's being able to be by yourself or with a buddy either way to, but the silence and the, the calmness that you don't get at home or in your day-to-day bustle, like you get to stop and reflect inward and you get to think what you want to, you get to have that you, that you time. And you kind of, I feel like you learn a little bit about yourself because where does your mind go? Like, what are you thinking about? Are you thinking about your family? What are they doing? Are you thinking about the next Marvel movie? Are you thinking about what makes me me? Like, where does your mind go? How deep are you going to go 
when you have nothing else to think about. And that, that, like that, that calmness is, is very um, soothing, I think. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I think people need to do that way more often than they do. Put the electronics down. Yeah. Go outside, go be alone for a while. Not a little bit, a while, a couple hours. It's funny, but I hear the word like meditate and it seems like, oh, new age medicine, blah, blah, blah. It's, it's, it's the same thing going out hunting, going out fishing, you're essentially alone with yourself in your own head. And it's the same thing, whether you're doing it out in the forest or by the lake or in your family room on a yoga mat, you get calm. That's it. Yeah. Meditation takes many forms. Uh, Another form for me, uh, hobbies for some people are meditation. Yeah, exactly. Um, The, the love of my life, that poor thing, uh, (laughs) she, she does art and calligraphy for meditation that should sit there in silence and paint pictures, uh, color pictures, write letters, the same letter over and over in different mm-hmm. styles of calligraphy. And, and that's what works for her. If, if I'm not hunting, um, I could be cleaning my guns. Uh, that is probably my most favorite thing about owning guns is being able to clean them. Strangely enough. <laughs> I, I do absolutely love killing paper and, and putting holes in paper, but the cleaning afterwards, just for me, that is the most centering because I'm not thinking about anything else. Yeah. And for me, going back to more traditional meditation, yeah, that that's kind of what you hear of the definition is, is like just empty, empty your mind. Don't think mm-hmm. about anything. Well, I don't yeah. think about anything when I'm cleaning, just clean. It. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of of two things one you like driving but you also like cleaning your car to make sure that it's well preserved and well taken care of and you like raising your kids but it's also nice to know that they're clean so when giving them a shower or, or bath or whatever clean kids happy kids happy life yeah but then they get older and they don't like to take baths and it's like <laughs> oh come on you stink <laughs> well i haven't gotten that yet so uh, my daughter is four my and my son is one and they're both like, all right, I don't, I don't want to get soap in my eyes. So you figure out a way not to get soap in their eyes and then it's fine. So for, for now, at least I like my kids are younger than yours, but uh, at least for now, I'm, I'm good. I'm rolling with the punches as, as it, as it goes. Um, your wife, forgive me. I apologize. It's been a long time since I've seen her. I want to say her name is J- Jen. No, nope. no. Oh, it's Ashley. Ashley. Oh, I, was, I, was, I was nowhere near it, but I was going to get there eventually. I would have said enough names. Um, has Ashley um, done anything with um, amigrams, which are when you read it one way, looking at it upside down, it's, it reads the same way? I don't know. Because she does, if she does calligraphy and if she does like, like lettering art, it's a really cool thing to look into. Yes, I take that back. She has. Okay. Um, but that was always my go-to for a tattoo if I ever got one. I wanted to get something. If you ever watch um, the Dan Brown series, uh, Angels and Demons, uh, Da Vinci Code, that whole... Oh, yeah. Yeah. So in Angels and Demons, they have them. Um, the movie is not great, but the, bo- the book is fantastic. And they have the am- ambigrams, I think, to where they have each uh, element, fire, air, water, and earth, as amigrams um and i always kind of wanted to get one uh as a tattoo that was that was always my tattoo idea but i did always say like if i ever want to get a tattoo i have to wait a year and if i still want it i'll get it and that's why i have no tattoos because (laughs) my taste changed so 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 easily it's 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 funny that you mention what you did for a tattoo idea because the first thought that came to my mind was well you're missing an element there bud wait which one love Oh no, love is 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 what holds them all together. No, 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 dude. You don't remember how many times we went to see the Fifth Element? Oh my goodness! Yeah, oh, I'm taking no. it back. I'm taking it back. Oh, we saw the Fifth Element so many times, and I've seen it I, so many times. I since. know the number. Do you really? Yeah. How many? We went. Uh, so I know we went. You. David and I think James was in there a couple of times uh, and myself went th- and paid 
13 times at the dollar theater. Oh, it was so good though. Like we, we loved, and I still do Mila Jovovich. Um, I don't like Bruce Willis as much as I used to because now <laughs> Bruce Willis is kind of a jerk. Um, oh God, but that was such a, a coming of age movie for us. Like, Oh, it's still my favorite movie. And there was like the, the science and religion and futuristic. And that was such a fun movie. It was so much yep. fun. And, and I still like it to this day. It was way, way ahead of its time. That oh, if that movie sure. came out today with today's graphics and everything, it would be just as good as it was back then. You know, he did a second movie, right? Under another, another movie. No, it's that? not a second to the fifth element, but uh, the writer and director. Oh no, which one? What movie did he do? Uh, Valerian in a City of a Thousand Planets. Uh, that sounds like I know about it, but never saw it. Well, it's got Cara Delevingne in it. Mm-hmm. And it's another you know, very futuristic outer space movie. And when you do see it, please do yourself the favor and watch it in HD. Because oh, yeah. it's everything that the fifth element could have been. Oh, nice. Oh, you know what? I do remember that. I remember uh, some kind of trailer or something from the from those who brought you the fifth element. Yeah. In this movie. Okay. That I do remember, but I never got to see it. Like I saw the trailers and then it just, it never happened. I don't know if it was a COVID thing and theater shut down. I don't remember if that was the time or if it just went away by the wayside because unfortunately that happens with movies too. So, all right. Something that I wanted to mention to you is something that we didn't really talk about growing up or anything. Um, I was always kind of curious about um, when I became friends with you, it was circa 92, I believe 92, 93. I think when I moved to Cooper city, it was you and your mom and your two little sisters and you didn't have a dad around. And I never really knew that. I, I, I didn't know what that was about. Um, but apparently your dad had uh, passed away prior to us becoming friends. And mm-hmm. I still don't know the story. Um, yeah. Okay. What was it like growing up at a young age without a dad? And how did that kind of affect you? That, that's, I, I can tell that's a multi-part question. That's a deep question. Mm-hmm. And not an um, easy one either. I, I know that. Well, it, it, like all wounds, time helps heal them uh, with massively traumatic deaths. Time cannot completely heal them. I don't, I don't, they're, I don't care what anyone says. It's not possible, mm-hmm. but it, it has gotten extremely uh, easy for normal day-to-day activities. So right. break, breaking your questions down um, we were actually in the process of moving uh, to Gainesville, Florida. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a commercial electrician. He was building the first, he was doing the electrical for the first Lowe's in the state of Florida up in Gainesville. He was working about 20 feet up in the air on a scissor lift. And this is back, like you said, in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, rules, OSHA, stuff like that wasn't as... Uh, followed and prevalent as it is today right and not sure uh, even i don't have the details all these years later almost 30 years later right 20 28 29 years all all we know uh all my mom has ever told us is he fell he fell 20 feet uh onto his head he had his hard hat on Mm. but he sustained a, a closed head injury and he was basically a vegetable um and it was, I know this one's really, really difficult, but uh, my mom had to go ahead and give the okay to pull the, to pull, to pull the plug. Right. He, he was, he, he, they, he, he could have stayed alive, but it would have just been emptiness. If, if he made it, there was no sustainable quality of life at that point, which. Yeah, I, abs- absolutely and th- none. And that's a difficult call to make because I, if, if you think about your wife, I think about mine, if, if if that was the case, like I would do anything to hang on, but if there's no quality of life, it's a rough call. It's a very difficult call, but it's the right call to make. So I I, I understand. Yeah. Uh, And, and when, when you've been with someone as long as you have, like, I I know at this point, um, as difficult as it would be, uh, Ashley would, I'm sure she would do the same thing. Mm -hmm. 
And it, it all came down to, he, he was an extremely active outdoorsy person. He mm-hmm. was, he was a, a fisherman. He was a golfer. Uh, I, I don't have many memories of him and us as kids growing up being inside. All, all the good memories are playing outside. Yeah. Doing stuff. So that's what my mom thought about. It's like, if, if, if he was trapped in a body that couldn't do what he had to do, he'd be miserable. Yeah. So for, for her, that was, uh, I'm sure unbelievably difficult. I have no clue. Um, to continue on to that question. I mean, there's so many days where it's extremely difficult, especially now with the kids, they're like, they understand death now. And they're like, well, you know, your, your dad died when you were really little. It's like, yeah, 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 he did. And I'm like, well, we don't know that grandpa. I'm like, nope, nope, you don't. Um, there's pictures of him in the house. They, they get to see pictures of him. Mm-hmm. Um, Is that tough for you when they bring it up? Uh, no, not anymore. Okay. Not anymore. Uh, it was extremely tough for me for a long time. Yeah. A um, couple of years ago, really two years ago, or not, not, yeah, two years ago, it was unbelievably difficult for me because Addie was six and that's how old I was when my dad died. Right. And I, 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 I lived an extremely uh, risk averse life for mm-hmm. a few years just because I wanted to make it longer than my dad did uh, yeah. for my kids. Now that she's eight and I have made it past that point. I'm still risk averse, but I, I don't shy away from a lot of things. Yeah, um, I take I take more chances, have a lot more fun, go out and do uh, you know hood rat shit with my friends. <laughs> um, uh, the fear will always be there, but it's it's not as bad. What well, I was extremely fortunate when we moved down to Florida. Uh, I had people like your dad and Carlos Noriega, Mike's mm-hmm. dad, Alan's dad, all, all the coaches we had that they, they, I, I guess my mom told them, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm thinking she did because you could tell that they knew. Yeah. Um, and I was extremely fortunate to always have a positive uh, male role model in my life. Uh, what really, what's really sucked since then is, you know, now when, when, when they die, it's, it's just as bad as losing a dad. Yeah. It's extremely similar. I had to go to Michigan back in October uh, after we left Florida uh, for the, the second and final time um, when we were 12, uh, moved in next to another family on a lake and just like your dad, uh, their dad kind of took me in as, as one of, one of his own kids oh, that's and he, awesome. he passed away. So it oh. was like, God, it was, it was like losing a dad all, over, all again. over again. Yeah. Yep. And that was the most recent there's, there were two other ones in there. Uh, my grandmother's youngest brother, uh, uncle Johnny, when he passed, that one was hard. And then, uh, th- this, this one's probably, the the story behind it is beautiful. It's comedic as well. Where my mom grew up in Michigan, up the road, those kids were old enough to babysit them. They had kids. Their kids babysat us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Later on in high school, um, he kind of took me, or early in high school, he took me under his wing. Um, just being a good, positive male influence and and showing me the ropes teaching me things about life and and stuff next thing you know boom he's gone too jesus so it's it's when those positive male figures and and role models in my life uh move on to greener pastures i take those way harder than most people do yeah understandably so so when it, it it's not bad it's not good it, it's just rough for me. Yeah. And then uh, going up to deer camp this year, that that was hard because, you know, my buddy's dad wasn't there. Yeah. And, you know, 
Pops not being there, it it just wasn't the same. But we we all needed it. It do, it doesn't get easier. I tell you that much. <laughs> does it Death make you? Does, does it make you kind of appreciate um, being there for your kids now, where your dad didn't have the luxury of being there for for you and and your sisters? Um, do you feel like that makes you appreciate being able to still be here for, for your kids? Does it, I mean, just, I, I don't know, like I've never gone through that. So, and I don't mean to, to press too far or anything, but this is, this, this is very like, um, helpful to me myself. Like it makes me appreciate the fact that I am here for my kids and not everybody is, is graced with that. Like, you know, life is never certain. And sometimes it takes things to appreciate. Uh, it, it takes tra- tragedy to appreciate um, what you still have. So does that make you kind of appreciate the fact that you're still around for your kids and make the most of it? I, I don't honestly, I, I don't think it makes me appreciate it any more or any less, mm-hmm. but uh, it definitely makes me more risk averse, especially with them, like yeah. with, with them in the car, I'm a safer driver. Uh, I don't like to get up on a roof that's, you know, two stories. I won't get up on my roof and, and clean the gutters out. Yeah. I just won't do it. I, I don't mind if it's a single story roof. I know that's extremely survivable. Uh, <laughs> uh, I've learned that one the hard way. Oh, boy. But, <laughs> uh, any, any, anything above 20 feet off the ground, it's just not going to happen with me, uh, with, with the kids around and without a ridiculous amount of safety equipment. I'll, yeah. I'll get up 100 feet in a man lift. Uh, I am not afraid of heights. You'd think I would be. I am not. As long um, as you have some kind of harness or something. Yeah. Uh, with with the safety equipment has to be there. Boy, howdy. <laughs> but uh, no, now now that they're we we've made it past that. Okay, I, I made it further than my dad did. Yeah. Um, there, there's no easy way to say that. It's. Uh, I'm also kind of in a what the hell do I do? Cause I never experienced it. Yeah. And I don't know what it's like to have a dad at this point. Yeah. Like, yeah. You can have male role models and they help a lot along the way, but there are still certain things where y- you just don't know no. if you haven't experienced it. No, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. It's, there's, you can have male role models as, as long as you know, the day is, but it, it, that dad aspect of it, like somebody that's there in the beginning, some, something that's there all day long. And at nighttime, it's, you don't, you don't know all the, the ins and outs. You can have a great coach. Um, like my dad, Carlos, you can have those great coaches that are there for a time, but they're not the ones to wake you up. They're not the ones to feed you lunch. They're not the ones right. to put you to bed. It's, it's a, it's a completely different ball game, you know, no pun intended as opposed to coaches. <laughs> that was a good pun. Uh, um, but no, it, it's, it's, it is different. It's, it hits completely different. And I absolutely understand that. It does. And it's, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of, well, well, shit, who do I call for this? Yeah. You know, I got, who, who, who do I ask about this one? Uh, you know, I, I, I don't call my mom cause that, so some of those conversations, conversations are extremely strange for me yeah ashley on the other hand she no issues calling my mom she's like you raised a boy what the hell do i do about this does is um is ashley's dad around yes okay yes so there is a a grandpa for your for your kids um yes i I don't know how close you are to to him but do you ever go to him for like parental dad advice or no, because he raised two girls, which which I can understand. It's it's different because he didn't raise a boy, but he's he's still got that that dad you know sixth sense about him. I guess. Well, you and I we both have a boy and a girl, so it's it's a little bit different. Um, it's extremely different. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> Trying to soften the blow there, but yes, <laughs> it's it's oh, very no. very I, different. Look, people ask me all the time, "What's it, what's it like?" You, uh, I absolutely envy the spread that you and Stephanie have with the, the three years between the kids. Yeah. And our, our, our goal was 24 months, but you, know, you come home from a deployment and things happen. Yeah. Um, are your kids born? Uh, are their birthdays similar? 
No, no. Addie's birthday is in June, and then uh, her brother's uh, Bug's birthday is St. Patty's Day, so March seventeenth. Oh, okay. All right. Oh, nice. Um, both of our kids are born first week of December, which we've tracked back to either our anniversary on March sixteenth <laughs> or, or St. Patty's Day, where we are creatures of habit, apparently. <laughs> There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, I've 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 seen plenty of things on on the internets and 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 onlines. You know the TikToks and the Instagram oh, crackers, yeah. whatever the kids do these days, where it's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I get it. You know, w- once your kids are older, I don't think there's anything wrong with uh, scheduling adult time. No, not at all. It's it's um you take what you can when you can things don't always work out sometimes you get inhibited by an early waking child or sometimes a kid that won't go to bed sometimes i say sometimes but it's 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 usually (laughs) is probably a better word but um but i think it's very important to remember that time that you know it was it was you and her before it was it was us and them it's, oh, for sure. It's it's very important to to take that time to remember that and to have those little hugs and kisses while, you know, even the kids are awake. And it's and funny, my, uh, my daughter hates when when Steph and I hug. I, yeah. I don't know why she I don't know if because she's very much so a daddy's girl. So I don't. Oh, think, yeah. I think she gets mad and she absolutely does get mad showing affection towards each other. She doesn't like it. <laughs> Well, ours, it's not that ours don't like it anymore. Um, they get jealous. Really? They're like, wait, I want, I want to be part of that hug. What, what the hell? No, 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 <laughs> pick me up. I want, I'm, no, that we're, we're doing a, a big hug, group hug. Family okay. hug. All right, well, that's not kind, oh, of, kind of the hug that I want to go away. <laughs> yeah, and, I, I, and, and, you know, it's, it's funny, even, uh, you know, taking it back to the, you know, not having a dad thing. I, I think that's also, strangely enough, been slightly detri- detrimental mm-hmm. uh, uh, to the the relationship Ashley and I have, because I don't hesitate. Uh, a kid says, uh, "Can I sleep in your bed?" It, it's an instant yes. Yeah, and you know you you could liken it to you know, just not knowing any different, or I, honestly, for me, it's easier to blame. You know, I've been away. From from my family for a total of over 500 days, uh-huh. you know, 190 days for the deployment and 368 days for the short tour. Right. So there's, there's a lot, there's a lot that I missed and there's, there's a lot of parental guilt. So I, I don't, I don't, you know, can I sleep in your bed tonight? Yep. Go for it. I think this was one of my favorite uh, episodes because I got to catch up with one of my buddies that I haven't uh, gotten to see for a long time and one of the guys that i love very very much danny thank you very much for me being my guest please extend my thanks to ashley for allowing you not allowing you but giving you this time to to catch up with me so please give her a big old hug and a kiss for me so oh happily happily uh, uh something that i like to do with all my guests is give them the opportunity of saying the last words for the show so is there anything that you would like to leave our listeners with any kind of words of wisdom? I don't know about words of wisdom. I mean, you know, I, I threw some in there, you know, do, do with them as you please. Uh, I am, I am not an authority in any way, shape or form. Uh, being in the military is, is just a job for me, not a lifestyle. Again, those are my views, not the views of uh, the air force, the DOD or anyone appointed above me. I mean, if, if I was to leave this conversation with anything, it would be very similar to what you just ended with. And that's, dude, give your your dad and your mom, Tracy, and your sister, my favorite babysitter, and your brothers, <laughs> a big a big hug from, from me, you know? Uh, let them know that I, I think about them regularly. And it's all good memories, dude. Every Every memory with you guys is a good memory. Except for the one time your pool slide the water wasn't working and I got a strawberry <laughs> from it. That sucked. You know, the insurance company made us take the slide out. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, they did. Man, that's, that's a bummer. I, I absolutely loved every time I got to come over to your guys' house. Cause you, you had, 
you know, we would play the wrestling games, the homers. I don't, I never blamed you for breaking my arm. Oh my goodness. I, and I was thinking about this prior to recording. Um, when we visited uh, North Carolina, <laughs> Stephanie's cousins, I guess my cousins now too, they have a big trampoline and they have the, the mesh around the trampoline. And oh, yeah. when we went to go visit, Allie loved the trampoline. She, the first day she was out there for on and off for three to four hours, she loved the trampoline and she wanted me to be on it with her and play with her. And I was, and every time I thought about bouncing her up too high, I thought about you. I swear to God, I thought about you. And I'm like, I do not want to break my kid's arm. Like I already broke my best friend's arm. No, I've, I've never once for a second, half a second, millisecond, anything did I, I've never put the blame on you, dude. Oh, there I was quite myself. a few years. <laughs> uh, where I was absolutely terrified to get on a trampoline. <laughs> I am not there anymore. It, it's nope, never been an issue. All, all I, all again, seriously, all I have is good, great, spectacular memories. Uh, the wrestle again, you know, back to the wrestling and, and the Simpsons and all the Ninja <laughs> Turtle toys, dude, playing pogs with David. Oh, I, I don't have it, just the great memories. And I, I can't thank the Moss family enough, honestly. You and, and David both were my absolute best friends growing up. And and I'm so very thankful that I can still call you guys really good friends. Same. Thank you very much for being on the show tonight. So to everybody else, good night. Good night, Daddy. Good night, baby.